I hope you are enjoying our podcast, and just know that I love to hear from you. You can email me through our website at michaelberryshow.com, and I read everyone, and I, I try to respond to everyone. I'm also appreciative that you support our sponsors. Our sponsor, our presenting sponsor for our podcast, it makes this all happen, is Gallery Furniture, Jim McInville. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you a cell phone number, 281-844-1963. Say, hey, Mac, thanks for sponsoring Michael Berry's podcast. It's that time. Time, time, time. Lock and load. The Michael Berry Show is on the air. Good morning, Captain. Good morning, Captain. Good morning, Captain. Good morning, Captain. Good morning. Good morning, Captain. Come on out and play. Wake up the sunshine and share this rainy day. takes me back to being such in such a good place if my mom had to run an errand and I wasn't coming with her she dropped me off at my grandmother's trailer I remember going I love my grandmother I called her nanny I go in there and she had that thick carpet you remember in the 70s uh you probably don't know Ramon but trailers would have this real thick carpet and it was it was like industrial carpet as a layer and they would have this shag onto it and I remember going and I had my little blanket Want to sit down right in front of the TV? Have a little Curtis Mathis? <clears throat> oh, I was happy. Maybe I'd have a little Tupperware of uh, my cereal because the only thing she had was uh, sugar crisps. I really liked a Cocoa Puff if I could. <laughs> or a, a Tone of the Tire. Ah, it's good times. That's good times, friends. So no matter what kind of day you're ever having, there's some time in your life that's a happy time. I find that a lot of people can't enjoy the happy time memory they have locked away because that happy time is not here anymore. They were really happy when they were married and they were honeymooning or they were really happy when they had this particular job or they were really happy when their sister was still alive and, but they're sad now because their sister, well, nothing, be happy you had that moment and just focus on that moment. It's a mental exercise, but you can do it. You can do this. Um, the passing of two people that I happen to know of stalwarts in our community, one of them, Annette Strake, the longtime bride of George Strake. You might have heard of Strake Jesuit. Um, many of you or some of you would have gone through the Boy Scouts. Uh, there was a, uh, uh, the, the Strakes endowed a camp that uh, was, was donated to that cause. A lot of kids came up through the Boy Scouts and learned great lessons. My brother Chris was a was an Eagle Scout, and there were great memories to be had in the Boy Scouts. The Strake family believed very much, believe 
still do in uh, the Boy Scouts. Some of you know Trace Drake, uh, who must be about my age. I'm 53. He may, I think he's probably about my age. Uh, I know his wife is a is a hardcore listener. <clears throat> They're very uh, well liked, well known, uh, particularly kind of in the, the memorial community, but really all over. His mother Annette Strake, and he's got siblings. I don't I don't know any of them, but his his mother Annette Strake was a beloved matron of that family, and the dad George Strake, who was Secretary of State of the great state of Texas. Um, some time ago, he was the party chairman for the Republican Party, and he was very involved in the transition from Democrat to Republican by a lot of people like Phil Graham, Rick Perry, um, John Conley before him. There were a lot of people that got out of the Democrat Party that was making a shift to the left and helped build the new Republican Party uh, in this state that for many, many years... <clears throat> dominated politics I, I think there's i think as often happens when you do well for too long uh, as kind of a one party the wrong element can take over your party but i'm talking about annette annette straight and i'd like to focus on that and um rest in peace to annette straight and and uh, our hearts and prayers go out to the straight family another stalwart our of our community ruby joseph passed at 82 ruby is uh, my dear 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 beloved friend craig joseph's mother Craig is the third generation owner of This Is It on Blodgett. It used to be over on Gray, not West Gray, but Gray before it becomes West Gray. If you saw the movie Jason's Lyric, that's the restaurant uh, where a lot of the scenes are filmed. Craig Joseph was a firefighter for many years. I did my um, my city council election victory celebrations at This Is It. And uh, Craig Joseph has been a friend of mine for a long time. We spoke uh, at length this morning. I know he said, you know, I guess it makes it a little easier because she had cancer and I got to be there for her. And, and in some ways, it you sort of deal with death in phases because uh, when you have a terminal diagnosis and you expect that's where it's going, <clears throat> you process over a period of time. And in some ways, that's easier than, than a sudden death. Craig also, for those of you, uh, he has the the... Original move from Greater Blodgett, but he has the location uh, which is now on Blodgett, the old family cafe, for those of you who remember that, which was the best uh, catfish. I love their catfish, their fried catfish. He also has a second location just west of Deerbrook Mall uh, because he lives out in Humble. So driving in and out, he thought, oh, I'd have a place out here, which he tells me is actually doing better than the original, which kills. Uh, it's called This Is It Soul Food. It's at 1960 and Humble. And I said, uh, <laughs> I said, Craig, how's your 1960 number location doing? He says, it's doing great. I said, uh, how's it different? He said, it's actually doing more business. He said, you got to come out there. You'd get a kick out of it, the diversity. It's people from all over coming in to eat soul food. So there you go. Go on ahead, Craig Joseph. Uh, thoughts and prayers to uh, our hearts and prayers go out to um, – the Joseph family and the entire This Is It family because Ruby Joseph was very involved there for a long time. I had the opportunity to go visit, to go visit with uh, Mauricio Valle. He is the officer who was shot eight times by the turd that he then killed and deliver the wallet that we had made. It's the same wallet that 
uh, is patterned after the wallet that Samuel L. Jackson was carrying in Pulp Fiction. You can Google it or whatever search engine you use. Uh, if you don't know what that wallet said, <clears throat> he got a kick out of it, and we had it personalized. Jason Maida over at Maida's Belts and Buckles did it for us, and it looked great. Um, and I got to visit with him. I'll tell you a quick story about that in a minute because we're, we're up against a break. But we have a good show for you today, and uh, we're grateful that you are here as we close in on the Christmas season. And a gentle reminder that uh, if you're going to spend money, because you're going to have, you're going to take your folks to lunch or dinner. You're going to have a Christmas party. You're going to have a client party. You're going to have an employee party. You're buying a gift for your secretary or your wife or your husband or your son uh, or your employee or you're doing anything else. Send me an email through the website, michaelberryshow.com, and I will personally connect you with the owner of our show sponsor so you get the best service. And I appreciate you doing that because this is a the business. Michael That's Barry how it all works. Continues. 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 Don't make any sense. Phantom. All right, go ahead, Fontaine. Not Fontaine, uh, Christine. Do I have my mask around here somewhere? I like to get into the character. This would be the lair right here. This would be the lair. Once I start, I won't be able to stop. So I uh, want to thank Doug Griffith. The, don't make me do it. <clears throat> don't you make me do it. <clears throat> My wife will tell you. I got a buddy named Grant Dorfman. He's a wonderful, wonderful Harris County civil court judge here in uh, Harris County for years ago. He was swept out by the Democrats. I was just devastated. He was such a good judge. He was so well respected. And... Uh, he and I, he now works for Ken Paxton uh, at the Attorney General's office. And uh, <clears throat> he and I will do uh, Javert and um, Valjean, that great, the duel, it's called. And we'll switch roles just to prove to everybody we know every word of every. <clears throat> anyway, that's gay, Michael. I know it is so good. It is so good. So thanks to Doug Griffith, the uh, president of Houston Police Officers Union, and Ray Hunt, the executive director, I I said, I'd like to go over and see Officer. I didn't know if his name could be mentioned or not. This is fine. Uh, Officer Valle, who was shot eight times Saturday uh, by Turd, who the guy, what the guy was doing was he was over off Harwin, uh, and he would go in, he'd go to these shops and shoot out the glass and then walk through the door, steal whatever he wanted and run away. And before the cops could get there, uh, post-George Floyd, you, you reduce the forces, uh, and you don't, you, you George Floyd them, you don't give them any ability to do their jobs. <clears throat> so, Valle had just been through a course, a matter of days before, on training for when you come under fire. Of course, he didn't know he's going to come under fire. And the guy walks around a corner. He, he's, 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 he's got his eye on him. And he's in an unmarked vehicle, but he's got Houston police on The guy goes, come, goes around a corner. And he turns the corner, and he's looking to his left on the driver's side because the guy's supposed to be kind of against that wall looking into a building right there. 
the guy slipped over to the right. So he's ambushed him. And he unloads through the passenger window on him. Did you see the photo? He unloads on him, and the first couple rounds hit him in his right arm. He's right-handed. So that incapacitates him. And, you know, I asked him. It didn't cross my mind. So his right arm is swollen up like Popeye. And it's covered from just below the elbow down to his hand. And then above that, it's got all these, it's got all these, it's like he's got some disease or so much of red dots, you know, or scabs. And I said, uh, Valle, what, how did, I don't understand, he wasn't shooting a birdshot round at you. And he said, that's where the glass, when it shattered, the glass went into my arm. I said, of course it is. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. His right arm was swollen huge because um, that's where he took the, the most rounds. <clears throat> he had a he had his uh, plated vest on. And because what he does is a higher risk than your average patrol officer, who hopefully is not going to be in a situation where he's going to be shot at, it's a higher rated vest. It's also heavier. It's a it's a plated vest. He took three rounds to the chest and the, the lung, which would have killed him most likely. Almost certainly would have killed him. Uh, but it didn't even bruise because I wanted to see the bruise if it did. And he said, no, no, no bruise. Well, could I look at your le- naked chest? Because I asked him like four times. I, he probably creeped out by me asking, sure, you're not. Let me see bruise. And anyway, we had we had fun with it. And uh, so then the guy, uh, you know, he's, he shot up his arm. And as he turns to unclip his, uh, as, as he turns to unclip his seatbelt so he can move to get his gun, he takes a, a round in his left arm. Holy. Well, he's, he's got his foot on the gas trying to hit reverse, and the car won't move, and stounds, rounds are steady coming. And it's because it's in neutral. He can't, he can't, can't move his right arm, and he's trying with his left hand, and it sounded like, you know you have that dream that you're trying to run and you can't run? sounded like that he can't get it pushed into into reverse to get moved back out of there and the rounds are now they're coming into his legs oof so I mean you're talking about something very emotional and his wife he's sitting up in the chair because he is like the doctors are blown away at how determined this guy is to recover he refuses to lay in the bed so they got him sitting up in the chair and his wife is sitting Indian style in the in the bed. She's a cutie. Her name's Tiffany. She's a surgical nurse at MD Anderson. So I mean, you couldn't be you couldn't have married better for somebody who will be able to help you heal from being shot eight times. <clears throat> and um, she's just adorable. She's sitting on the on the bed, and she's got braces. I like when when women have braces, and she got the old steel braces. And I think the reason is because when I was about twelve years old. That's when braces came about, about 82. So my high, my middle and high school years, the girls always had braces. Cut your tongue up, my lips up. It gets you all shredded up. Uh, but you didn't mind because you were kissing a girl. Anyway, um, she has those steel braces, not the Invisalign, which I think is just the cutest thing ever. I don't know. How, she's probably 27, 28. I, I have no idea, actually. She could be younger. She could be older. Um, and his mom is there. And his mom is English first language. So my guess is she's probably a first-generation immigrant. And she's sitting kind of in the corner, and she has some friends of hers, and they're speaking Spanish. And um, 
it's just it's it's inane talk. It's talk to pass time and because you're nervous. And she's looking at her son the way a mother looks at their newborn daughter or child, preemie under the incubator or whatever they call those things. You know that look they have? Like, my child is alive. She's looking at her son, and that was the part that was hardest for me, to realize this man, the odds are this man would not be here. We'd be at a funeral, or or they'd be at the funeral home planning a funeral. Anyway, so guy unloads on him, comes around the back of the car, but he's just, he's looking at the car and the damage that's been done to it. And I saw the photos of the car. It looks like in the movies. I mean, this thing is shot to hell. He comes around the back of the car and walks up, but the gunfight is over. Valle is dead. He is sure. I hope you are enjoying our podcast and just know that I love to hear from you. You can email me through our website at michaelberryshow.com and I read everyone and I, I try to respond to everyone. I'm also appreciative that you support our sponsors. Our sponsor, our presenting sponsor for our podcast, it makes this all happen, is Gallery Furniture, Jim McInville. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you a cell phone number, 281-844-1963. Say, hey, Mac, thanks for sponsoring Michael Berry's podcast. Valle is dead. Comes around the corner of the car with his, his gun down beside his, his, down near his hip pointed down. And Valle, like Freddy Krueger or, or outlaw Josie Whale, you know, some hero in a movie, he kind of turns and shoots him first. And the guy says, oh, blank. And the gunfight continues and, and he kills a guy. Thank God. That's not an easy thing, though. People talk about that so lightly. People, tell you, I, people who've had to do it. In war, or in this case, in a domestic war, which is what we're involved in, I tell you, it's, it's a hard deal. Um, just a reminder, bad people out on the streets, and there's good people out there doing the best they can to protect. The Michael Berry Show continues. Me who can intercede in mercy's name, three days are all I need. Then I return. I pledge my word, then I'll return. You must think me mad. I've hunted you across the years. Men like you can never change a man such as you. But you can like you and what you will change. There is a duty you that I'm slow to do. No, you don't think two for six or one. My duties to the law. You have no rights. Mauricio Valle's wife's name is Desiree, not Tiffany. I don't know where I got Tiffany. Did I say Tiffany? Well, anyway, she is adorable. Um, And she loves her man. She's just sitting looking at him like somebody just got a puppy. Like, you're so proud. She's so alive. She's so happy he's alive. I tell you what. I said, do you have kids? And he said, I have four, two adult. I have a child with autism who's five. And that child, uh, it doesn't make sense, but it's not, it's not causing an undue stress. So in a way that's, so it, that is a blessing. But my eight year old daughter, um, she's really having a tough time with that. And I mean, he's shot to hell. I mean, you can, you can see it, although I expected him to look worse. 
but he's he's a tough guy. I mean, this, this guy's a very t- his nickname is Mongo because when he was going through the academy to be an officer, they have they have uh, they have training where you have to take a pretty good beating and defend yourself because an officer can't just run off. And the training officer will make an example out of somebody in the academy because a bad guy is going to do that. And this was the, the guy they, Mauricio Valle was the guy they did it to, and he did it to the wrong guy. And apparently Mauricio spun the instructor over, which never happens, and proceeds to beat on him because he just, you know, his instinct kicked in. And uh, they named him Mongo. If, if you've seen Blazing Saddles, you know where that, that reference comes to. But he says the eight-year-old daughter was really struggling with it. And his wife called the elementary school where she goes and said, hey, look, you know, this is what she's going through. And uh, and and she may be reduced to a puddle. If she does, just please take her out of class and, and just inform her teachers so they're aware. Because she's really, when she saw, it was bad. And then when she saw her daddy, it, it may be even worse now. Cause, and, uh, yeah, <clears throat> so there's that. You know, the families really struggle these things and we talk about this a lot when a veteran goes off you know we pray for their safety and they come home when a veteran has ptsd when they come home we, we talk about the veteran but you don't realize they have wives they have mothers they have daughters and sons and brothers and best friends i mean it, this is a burden born pretty broadly so i when i was on city council i was asked to join the board of a group called assist the officer and assist the officer raises money for officers who are wounded and I said, tell me, bluntly, tell me why we need assist the officer if we already have the 100 Club. And the president of the association at the time said, because if you're hit, if you're an officer who's hit, you're better off dying. Your family's better off, which is true, because the 100 Club will come in and pay off the mortgage and take out the debts and, and try to make that okay. And then, and then you get a, a life insurance policy of a, a few years of your Hey, so you ain't rich, but you're better off than if you're just wounded. If you're just wounded, you don't get anything. Uh, and now, and no matter what, even if your medical expenses are paid by your health insurance, what about parking at the med center? What about the time your wife takes off from her job? And officers have to work over, over uh, have to work extra jobs to make money for Christmas and school clothes. Because their salary doesn't make enough. And they're not complaining about it. But when you lose that, you lose your income source. There's a lot that goes into that. That insurance doesn't cover and, and doesn't make up for. So uh, I I did not tell them. But I said, all right, I told uh, Ray Hunt and Doug Griffith, we're going to raise twenty five grand for them through Assist the Officer. So I'll put in the first 2500 And I would ask some folks to match that. You can. Or double it if you can, and I'd like to raise twenty five thousand for him as fast as we can. So, uh, if you are in for whatever amount, if you will email me, and if you do so, if it's if it's twenty five hundred or more, if you do so when you email in every donation counts. If you can only do fifty, twenty, whatever that may be, um, make your donation at assisttheofficer.com. But if you're doing twenty five hundred or more, email me directly through the website michaelberryshow.com. You can tell me your name, your company name, what your company does, briefly, uh, what industry you're in, and the size of your donation. And I will read those on the air as my thanks to you. 
So you can view it as marketing. You can view it as it's nice to hear my company's name, whatever that is. Uh, but if I can get nine other people to match 2,500 apiece, we'll hit 25,000 and blow their mind. He doesn't know about this yet. So I would like to surprise him with that. Uh, 25,000 is, is real money and it'll make up for the extra job income that he would lose for this year as he is recovering. So email me if you're doing 2,500 or more. If not, go to assisttheofficer.com. It'll say make a payment and put, uh, they don't have a memo line, but I'm assured normally if you send in for a cause like this, you got to put it in the memo line, but I've been assured, uh, by, by the assist the officer folks that anything that's coming in right now will go directly to the Valle fund. So thank you for doing that. One other quick story. Then we'll get to the news. It involves number 50 on the university of Texas, 1970 national championship team, number 50 on the Daryl K. Royal coached national champion University of Texas Longhorns. Number 50 was none other than Jim Mackingvale before he was Mattress Mack. And a great story about what happened at Saturday's game and uh, a big deal Mack's doing. Michael Berry. The Michael Berry Show. And it shows them pearly white Just a jackknife has old Maggie Heath Thank you to Cornbread and Donnie Roberts, our first donors to the Assist the Officer Fund for Mauricio Valle, who we're lucky to have alive, shot eight times on Saturday. For those of you who email in that you will be contributing 2500 or more, you will get an email back from me, which will be the link to Assist the Officer, where you donate. So you don't have to go look it up, and that will go directly to him. So my 2500 is being matched hopefully by nine other people. The first one's Cornbread and Donnie Roberts. And they're the ones that have um, the Texana Ranch out in Chapel Hill that I've been visiting. That's where uh, I sold my green machine. And uh, they're the ones that provided our new peahen, Penny, who was settling in nicely. And funny, I, I bragged on their place and how beautiful it was. They've got these pickleball courts. They're very good pickleball courts. Cornbread, the girl of all things, is a phenomenal tennis uh, pickleball player. I played with him a couple nights ago. And her husband, Donnie, has had double knee replacement, but he was a professional tennis player uh, back in the 70s. So you you never lose people with racket sports skill set, hand-eye coordination, uh, never lose that. Uh, But we had a lot of fun doing that. Anyway, since I first bragged on them last week, they've been booking women's pickleball retreats out there uh they've been booking weddings already it is it's like a a moment from the old south very southern antebellum architecture they have log cabins it's it's incredible absolutely beautiful no expense spared in making it feel like you're walking back into 1840 um washington on the brazos where, where texas actually started they're not in chapel hill they're technically in washington just past chapel hills about an hour and from uh, from the Beltway and 290, it's less than an hour. So, and I've done it in I've done it in traffic, and I've done it without traffic. So, thank you to them. Um, and I'm going to hit my 2,500. So, <clears throat> I'm going to hit my 25,000. Thank you to them for the first donation. So, Mac, um, I've told the story before. Somebody posted a picture yesterday that said I was this many. I was today years old. When I realized that Mac played on the 1970 
University of Texas National Championship team under Darrell K. Royal. And there's a great picture of him in, in number 50. And it's true. He did. He always says he rode the bench. You made the team, man. But that he doesn't want to brag on that. Um, he'll brag on their customer service, but he won't brag on that. So we're talking yesterday. And for those of you who watched the UT game this weekend, it was a game they had to win. And it was a game they had to win convincingly because they were going to need to leapfrog Florida State if Florida State went undefeated. And if Georgia beat Alabama, Georgia's in, Bama's out because UT beat them. And if Alabama beats Georgia, there's a chance Alabama's in, but UT's got to beat out Florida State. So they can't just barely beat Oklahoma State. It's got to be an eye test passer. So they're pulling out all the stops. And they pull out a play that is a reverse, then a flea flicker off the reverse. That's a touchdown to Sanders. And I mean, talk, talk about how well they pull this thing off. He's so wide open. He literally turns his back to the end zone. Okay, there's going to be zero chance. We're not catching this on the run. Zero chance. I mean, it's it's to him. They're, they're playing catch. That play, Coach Sarkeesian called, huh? You have the play? Here's the call. 3-3-5 defense. Here's some trickery. Flicker! And it works to perfection. Jatavion Sanders wide open for the touchdown. And Jatavion Sanders over here, he's just going to lately get out on the little wheel route after all the misdirection. Hand it off. And they fake the reverse. Pitch it back to Ewers. Keeps his eyes downfield. His great job in protection holding on forever. Do you know what they called that play? They'd been practicing it for weeks. When Ewers comes up to the line and barks out the play to his teammates, he says, Mattress Mac! Mattress Mac! Not 28 Omaha, 42 Red. Mattress Mac! The play, they you don't get that shot twice. How do I know that? Because Mac is a big supporter of UT football. And I don't mean he cheers louder than the next guy. I mean, big supporter. I rented a boat uh, when Sark got here before the season had started. It was during the summer. Or maybe it was, actually, maybe it was Thanksgiving. We had rented a house on Lake Travis in Austin. And we had some friends from Africa who had come to visit. And um, they came and stayed at this house, kind of big house. And so I took them out on the boat, which is a dumb idea because it was freezing cold. And I said, hey, Mac, I've never been to your house on Lake Travis. Can you tell me where it is? I want to swing by there. And so he didn't text back in time for me to go see it, but he was insistent that we go see it. But while we're on the water, I asked, hey, anybody know where uh, Jim McInvale's house, the guy that's the furniture guy from Houston? And they said, oh, it's that right up there. You go, it's it's that cut right over there. It's on this corner. Beautiful house. That's where Sark stayed and may still stay uh, when he comes, when he came to Austin because he didn't have a house. Mac is a big supporter of UT football from the time he played since then. So 
he and Sark were in a text exchange. And uh, during the exchange, which I verified, he said, uh, great job. We're all proud of your team, particularly how you and your players talk about the culture you've built and nurtured. Hook them. And then Sark responds, thank you, Coach, or thank you, Mac. And he says, the reverse flea flicker touchdown pass to Sanders, we called that Mattress Mac. And Mac sent back. Like, you can tell he's blown away. And Mac said, can I publicize that? Because that's the kind of thing you want to tell. And he said, of course. How about that? That's a pretty good tribute. It's one thing to have a play called for you, you know, an off-tackle run on third and one. But to have the reverse flea flicker that goes for a touchdown called the Mattress Mac. I like to have a play call for me, Ramon. I'm not going to lie to you. But I don't know how we do it. What are they going to go up there? The Czar of Talk! El Tocino! That's too much. You know what? Forget it. Let j- Just go win. I, it's too many, too many names. And now I've announced it. I might, might give it away. Oh, we got another donation. Thank you to Mattress Mac for sponsoring our podcast and our show and for believing in the message we preach here every day. If you would, if you need, you need to buy a bed, you need furniture, solid wood, American-made furniture uh, delivered today, go see Mac at Gallery Furniture. And if you don't need it anytime soon, send him a text and say, hey, thanks for supporting the Michael Berry Show podcast. 281-844-1963. 281-844-1963. Yeah, that's his number. 281-844-1963.